Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In book two of his work, The Art of Rhetoric, Aristotle is going to look at the human emotions. And the one that he focuses on first is that of anger. In Greek, it's orge, and that's the term that he consistently uses for it. Although he also does sometimes use this term thumos as well, synonymously with orge. At other times, thumos names something a bit broader in scope that includes anger, but also extends to other matters as well. And Aristotle is providing us, his readers, with a very rich, complex, attentive definition, you could call it, of anger. He doesn't actually use the word definition, horos. Instead, he says, esto, let anger be. So, you know, he's telling us what it is, what he thinks that it is, and the many different components of this highlight aspects of anger that we ourselves might often miss out on. We might not be adequately attentive to when we're getting angry or thinking about our own anger or thinking about others' anger or anger in general. So let's look at each of these components or dimensions in turn. He begins by saying what kind of thing it is. Anger is a kind of desire. Orexis in Greek means desire, and it means it in a very broad sense that includes, you could say, not just plain old desire to like eat or have sex or watch TV or something like that, but affectivity in general. And in fact, Aristotle tells us that one of the main kinds of orexis desire is thumos, the active, riled up, could lead to anger, concerned with status, part of the soul in Plato. In Aristotle, it's not a part of the soul. It's rather a modality of desire. So anger is desire, but that's not the only thing that we feel when we're angry. He highlights two other really important aspects. It is accompanied, he says, by pain. This doesn't mean physical pain necessarily, although sometimes people do get psychosomatic symptoms or expressions of their anger, you know, feeling their test, their chest get tighter or something like that, or, you know, seeing their, their hands tremble because of the adrenaline flowing through them, turning different colors. But lupes, pain in this case, can mean something broader than just physical pain. It, it means really disturbance, things that we are bothered by. Anger is a painful emotion to feel, and it also stems from pain caused by what we're going to look at in just a moment, slighting or liguria. So that's one side of it, but 
it doesn't just include pain. Aristotle also thinks anger characteristically has a certain kind of pleasure that follows or is accompanying it as well. Hepistai is the word for, for following. And then tina hedonane. Hedone is the opposite of lupe. It means pleasure or kind of enjoyment, right? Delight, you could even translate it. Tina means a certain. It's qualifying it. It's not every kind of pleasure. And Aristotle, in fact, does tell us that it is pleasant to think that one will obtain what one aims at. And, you know, what is it that we're aiming at? The hope of something to come. And so that's leading us to the next portion. This is absolutely central to anger. Desire. Desire for what? Desire for apparent retaliation. The timorias phenomenes. And both of these terms can mean multiple things. And so we have to hesitate or linger over this a bit. Timorias comes from the word for honor or social status, time. And timorias means in part a restoration of the status that has been damaged, injured, lost, reduced, right? Setting things right. So retaliation, rectification would be another way of translating it. Revenge is yet another way. Aristotle will also distinguish between timorias and punishment Sometimes they overlap, sometimes they're the same thing, right? But the idea here is that somebody does something to you, you want to pay them back. You want to set things right. You want, you know, whatever it happens to be. So that's already a complex idea. Phenomenes. This is the word that we get phenomenal from or phenomena, right? It means appearing or apparent, or it can even be translated as public. You know, you want the person who humiliated you, you want them to suffer and apologize and admit that they were wrong in public, in front of other people, right? So this open apparentness being part of a sphere that doesn't just include you is part of it. But you could also translate this as imaginary. The phenomena is within the realm of fantasia. Right. And so, you know, this could be a retaliation that only exists in your head. This is what happens often with passive aggressive people when they exhibit their anger towards others. And it's basically just their little drama over here and nobody else notices it. Right. So this is what the desire is for. Now we've got a couple main components, desire, apparent retaliation, pain and pleasure. What causes anger? What provokes it? What gets it started? Here again, we're going to see this word phenomena playing a major role, right? So it is provoked by what Aristotle calls an apparent slighting. So same thing with the uh, apparent before. It could be imaginary. It could be something that is public. It could be something that's merely apparent. Of course, if it is something that appears, it could also be real. It could be something that does take place and is noted as appearing precisely because there's something substantively there. But the sliding, let's talk about that. Oligorion. So this is coming from the Greek word for less 
or few, right? We get oligarchy from that, ruled by a few who tend to be the rich, right? Oligurion, slighting. You're reducing somebody to something that they don't want to have going on. And Aristotle actually, as we'll talk about elsewhere, defines slighting and then characterizes it in three different main modes and then goes on to tell us quite a lot about what counts as slighting. So let's just put that to the side for a moment. The slighting has a couple important characteristics that help to lead to the anger response. The slighting isn't just against anybody or anything in general. It's personal. It's connected with the person who gets angry. So the slighting is either against oneself, ace hauton, right? That's the sort of reflexive pronoun. It's against me. It's against you. It's against the other person who gets angry. I'm being slighted. Or it's against those one is concerned with. Some translations will say things like one's friends or one's family, but really the Greek is quite generic here. Anybody who you care about, anybody literally who is of you, maybe you identify with them, maybe you think they're cool, maybe you feel bad for them and you try to take care of them, maybe it's not even a person, maybe it's an inanimate object or a geographical feature or some sort of abstraction. Aristotle will talk about people getting angry when other people make fun of the things that they care about, like philosophy, right? So you take the slight as being either against you or against anything, anyone that you care about. You're walking down the street and somebody says, holy crap, is that an ugly dog that you're walking? It's your dog. You could get angry at them because they are insulting, thereby slighting your dog. That, that seems to be a real insult, not just a parent. The other really central component, the slighting has to be undeserved or perceived at least as undeserved, to oligoren me prosekontos. This prosekontos means something like undeserved, unbefitting, wrong. And so if you think that somebody is treating you in the way that you deserve to be treated, then you're not going to get angry. It's only when the slighting is felt to be an injustice, an overlooking, something that shouldn't be the case, that one will actually become angry. So you notice just in this definition, Aristotle is already teaching us a lot about what anger consists in, what it involves, what it brings together in this complicated package that we use, you know, one word, anger, sometimes others, rage, fury, to denote and to describe. Anger is desire accompanied by pain, also accompanied by a certain pleasure for apparent retaliation, for an apparent slighting against oneself or those one is concerned with, the slighting being undeserved. There's the entire package for the Aristotelian conception of this emotion of anger. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. 
You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.